transgenderism will suggest there's no such thing as sex. Like, we're all on a spectrum, right? There's no it, such that thing is a as male social and construct. Yeah. And in the same moment, they will try to transition to that social construct and try to try mm -hmm. to imitate physical characteristics that exist. every moment his podcast and we're coming up on part three here of our discussion of transgenderism what is a, a, a compassionate and yet truthful response uh to transgenderism as christians so as christians in yeah, particular so yeah. what is that so uh do you have a joke because you <laughs> yeah don't disappoint us yeah right here's uh, here's the joke um so what did one guitar say to the other guitar when he had broken his string what don't fret that's good yeah that that musical joke yeah yeah maybe the melodic laugh maybe uh -huh. yeah <laughs> 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 all right ready okay so the first episode we talked about just some definitions so gave people a good understanding of what transgenderism is and some of the the terms and then the second episode the last episode we dealt with uh, specifically what might be a treatment and, yeah. and what would be wise stewardship of our bodies or would not be helpful or yeah, perhaps and harmful. And I, we did end up kind of critiquing um, some of the current treatments for right. this, yeah. uh, which I think is, is healthy. We also kind of concluded with some suggestions for parents just yeah. to, to be aware of what's going on in society and how to talk to your kids. And then, uh, well, now we're going to get into the theology of it and yeah. really um, w what does the, the scripture say? And, and I uh, think we don't want, I mean, theology is not pie in the sky out there, doesn't no. touch earth. I mean, truth is that every single person is a, is a theologian that's because right. theology means speaking about God. And everybody speaks about God. Even an atheist is a theologian. Right. There is no God, or, you know. Yeah. Everybody's a theologian, and so and and so doing theology, thinking about God, speaking about God is is inevitable. Yeah. It's either we're going to be good theologians or not good ones. Yeah. So it's very practical, and so practically speaking, uh, Pastor John, if you know, if we, you and I know somebody who is struggling with their bodies with being male or female, they, they maybe see themselves as transgender or in the wrong body. How do we react to that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question. And I'm, I'm going to start with, with two wrong ways. Okay. The first wrong way is just out, you know, rejection, you know, just that's not right you know, rejection of the person, making that person feel inferior or maybe even like uh, just just stop it, you know. Yeah. That so kind just, of a... Yeah. Just kind of a put the wall up. Yeah. Shut down the conversation. Yeah. Or even just avoiding it. Like, let's yeah. just avoid this. Let's just not even talk about it, um, which people can do that in a variety of ways. But um, I don't think that's right. I, and, and, you know, Christians should repent when... They approach people in their suffering with stereotypes or just easy answers. I think that Christians should, should repent of that. Um, yeah, I don't see Jesus doing a lot of stereotyping. 
No. When he's walking around. Jesus really kind of just meets people where they're at. He and, does. And, but then also, uh, I think a, a wrong way of responding would just be to affirm everything, to say, That's right. be yourself, be authentically you. And, and we also don't see Jesus doing that either. Yeah, it's, it's kind of music to our, our world's ears right now is like, judge not yeah. the end. And it's like, well, there's, there's so much more than that. You know, yeah. like the, the gospel doesn't j- just give us permission to make our own way and be affirmed in whatever we do. Because actually, if you think about love in a deeper sense, that's a very unloving thing to do. Mm-hmm. If we yep. just affirm people in whatever they want to be affirmed in, um, then that is really unloving. And I think a, a more mature way is to remain connected with people, but al- also differentiating what we believe to be true. So we're not yeah. just getting all enmeshed with people's, like how they're identifying and saying, I don't really agree with this, but I'm going to go along with it because I don't want to break the relationship. Or we're not just going to break the relationship. And, and you know, we want to be spiritually and and emotionally mature enough to to remain connected with people but also and 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 in being connected affirming their humanity but also affirming the truth of how god has created us and and what that looks like so we have some words here i think just some single words that i think are helpful and the first word is just empathy yeah and so I think this should be our gut instinct as mm-hmm. Christians anyway. And the reason is we're the chief of sinners. You know, that's yeah. what St. Paul says. And if if we have been forgiven much, uh, we should love much. You know, mm-hmm. if we really have understanding the gospel of God coming down and saving this broken sinner, me, yeah. um, who was beyond help and yeah. uh, without, without merit, um, our first instinct should be, you know, that person's even more worthy of salvation than me. And recognizing our own dysphoria, and we touched on this in the previous episode, but it's worth saying again, is that we as Christians should understand the experience of dysphoria more than anybody else, because to be a Christian is to experience dysphoria. Mm -hmm. End of story. Yeah. Because, you know... To be upset with your flesh. Yeah. Like, we are are almost a divided self, Mm -hmm. in a way, where Paul says that the the sinful nature, what he calls the flesh, rages and battles against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And then also uh, the desires that we have may often contradict who we really are, mm-hmm. which is in Christ and under his lordship. And so yeah, we, we should have empathy. We, yeah. I mean, we recognize as Christians, this is one of the f- number one things you confess as a Christian is this is a fallen world. I am a poor, miserable sinner. Yeah, not only me, yeah, but but everyone. Um, We shouldn't be surprised when we find sinners. (laughs) And Um, if we're willing to admit that we are poor, miserable sinners, we should recognize that the misery of sin manifests mm. itself in a variety of ways, and we ought not grow prideful. We, We should recognize that we all share in the misery of sin, we live in a fallen world, and, and that fallenness that we live in actually affects every level of our lives. And so some Christians call this total depravity. Mm-hmm. And what total depravity means, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing to be a human. Quite contrary. Total depravity means the goodness of our humanity has been thoroughly infected with sin at every level, and so it's going to impact 
our reason. It's going to impact our emotions. It's going to impact our thoughts. It's going to impact our actions. It's going to impact our relationships. It's even going to impact our experience of our own gender mm -hmm. or our sexual orientation if yeah. to, to talk about another issue. But so we, I mean, we have a good place to start with as Christians because, and it's, I think it's unique um, compared to the world because the world kind of has to choose like either that's, that's terrible or I'm absolutely going to affirm everything you say. And we say, uh, no, God created in goodness. Humans are good, uh, a good design. And yet we recognize there's a brokenness and a corruption that we're all dealing with. There's no exceptions. Yeah. And being created male and female as, as embodied creatures as male or female is good, but even our maleness and femaleness is broken. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So I think, this is the, the thing we do. We, we have empathy for people who are broken. The second word that we're going to use is truth. Truth, yeah. Um, and I think we were touching on it, but we don't do any favors if we help people live a lie. Right, yeah. And, you know, the truth is that God has created us as embodied creatures, as either male or female, and that that creation is good. And yes, there is... The reality of the intersex condition that we talked mm -hmm. about previously where somebody is born and it's not altogether certain uh, which sex they are male or female but but that that is the the exception the rule is that god has created us as male and female and that's good and it's part of his will and so we we shouldn't dismiss that as a mm -hmm. small thing yeah, so we want to we want to recognize that our bodies matter to god and mm -hmm. this is an important part too theologically it's like God doesn't just want to save your soul, but he wants to save your body. He created your body. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 139, he knit us together in our mother's mm -hmm. womb. That's pretty intimate. Yeah, and, and as he saves you, he begins to sanctify you, meaning mm -hmm. that he sets you apart. And the process of sanctification or being made holy is that we're being made more and more like the image of Christ. And so really, when God saves you, he wants to um, redeem your maleness, redeem your femaleness in this age to, to, to just make you more like Christ according to yeah. whatever gender you are. And so we need, to, we need to hold on to that truth in a gracious way. And so we're not going to let go of it because yeah. we as Christians recognize that when there's a strong emotional pull for us to give up a key piece of truth, it might feel good for the moment. Yeah. But we will suffer for it in generations to come or later in our lives. So yeah. it, it's a momentary victory, perhaps. Yeah. It maybe soothes us all emotionally if we're able to say, hey, it's, okay. it's yeah, whatever you want to do. But long term, it's going to, to lead to brokenness upon brokenness. Well, and like we were talking about last time, like the, I, the male and female, like I, I, it's not even an idea. It's so fundamental to every single piece of our existence mm -hmm. that we cannot throw this away. Because, I mean, think about every single person uh, after Adam and Eve have, has come into existence because of this gift from God. Um, and so yeah. it, to deny that is to deny reality. Yeah, it's um, really the cornerstone of the family. It's the cornerstone right. of society is, is understanding that 
that we're not all the same. We've been created different. We've been created as male and female, and that is 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 a beautiful and good thing we yeah. we cannot let go of. I think I think we should re- as Christians we should reject the idea of a spectrum of gender. You know, I I think yeah. we should embrace like we talked about this a little bit too. We should embrace, you know, masculinity is not going to look like having, you know, being able to deadlift 425 pounds and well, driving an F-350, right? I'd be out again. <laughs> I got a Mazda 3, man. <laughs> That's not masculinity. It's something right. more beautiful than that. And it can take all kinds of wonderful uh, expressions. And then yeah. similarly with femininity, like femininity is not um, being a, a girl in a music, in, in a rap music video and just kind of being a Barbie, you know, or living Barbie. It's, it's so much more dynamic and there is a spectrum of how femininity can be expressed in healthy ways. I guess. And, and part of yeah. our maleness and femaleness is the embodied mm-hmm. nature of who we are. And it's very concrete. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think, yeah, that's a good point is that when it comes to male and female, there actually isn't a spectrum. It's not no. like somebody's trending towards female or trending towards male. We're either male or female yet within our expression of being male or female, it's, there, there, are, there's not just one way of being a man, you mm-hmm. know, like you talked about, you know, like wearing flannels and shooting guns and, yeah. and uh, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Like if you want to do that as a man, that's cool, but it's not the definition of masculinity. Right. And that actually, I would say that is a critique that I have of the transgenderism movement. And, and I want to be careful to differentiate the movement from the people suffering. Got it. To be clear. Yeah. Because the movement is some of the politics of this. And, and so, um, for example, uh, with uh, Bruce Jenner yep. transitioning to Caitlyn Jenner, when you looked at the magazine cover in, in on, I think it was Vanity Fair 2017, I think, like, we knew that there was a transition because of dress. And, you know, and, be, and so, so is that, and I and some feminists have been upset about this because yeah. they're saying, "Are you saying that to be a woman is is to have high heels and a dress and having your hair all done like it right, is and makeup? makeup. Is yeah. that the definition of female? Right. Because like that's a very superficial kind of definition yeah. of female. And so there 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 are even feminists who are kind of <laughs> colliding with, with transgender activists and vice versa. And um, some feminists have been called transphobic. Uh, I think even of JK Rowling, who's gotten right, into it. Who kind um, of resisted yeah, because on that train. She was resisting the idea of calling uh, women people who menstruate. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, which, um, yeah. no, it's women. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is a bit of a self-contradiction not to get too far in this, but yeah. you know, transgender, the movement tra- of transgenderism will s- say, suggest there's no such thing as sex. Like we're all on a spectrum, right? There's no it, such that thing is a as male social and construct. Yeah. And in the same moment, they will try to transition to that social construct and try to try mm-hmm. to imitate physical characteristics that exist. So that you almost have to sense. buy into a stereotype in order to, yeah, yeah, and 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 it's even gotten complicated with even um, with the homosexual community mm-hmm. uh, because so because in order to be homosexual you have to recognize a gender binary that there's male right, and female right. categories like lesbian and gay don't exist 
if you don't have a clear male female gender binary now and this is where it so for example i was listening to a, a story in a book i was reading i was listening to the book which i do often um talking about this real issue this real conundrum um of uh two women in a committed lesbian relationship for 10 years but one of the women transitions to male and so now and, and identifies as transgender and so now the other woman is saying am i am i a lesbian can i identify or am i straight or am I st exactly yeah. so what is the definition and yeah. so a lot of these things just that it gets contradictory yeah it, it's yeah. self-contradicting and it's confusing and so uh, yeah that's again and that's know, where the truth has to come right. in is that we always have to gently patiently go back to we cannot escape the the reality of of being embodied male or female yeah and and i think um like the truth even if resisted wins you know what i mean so that's what i mean yeah. i think when i say we don't do each other any favors when we help people live in lies Right. Because eventually uh, the truth comes out. And this is one of the concerns I have for transgender people who transition. Uh, you're actually, even if you're, you're a biological male, you transition to female, the truth is you're still a biological male. You've just marred your body terribly. And there's likely going to be a day when you regret that deeply. So I'm not, I, I don't want to um, affirm you in that because I think it's going to end in catastrophe for you you're likely not going to be able to bear children in any case, right? Or have children. And I think to support that would be a catastrophic error on your part and my part, because the truth is going to come out one day Yeah. of, of how you were actually created. Yeah. And, and out of compassion, we want to kind of hold our ground in love and, and say, yeah. I, I can, I can love you as a person. I can affirm you as, as a, as a creation of God in God's image, but because of that, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say I, I can't give up this piece of truth. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the word grace. That's okay. a great word. Grace. Good word. Uh, so grace. Beautiful thing about Jesus is he comes to us in grace and truth. Mm. And so the truth uh, kind of tears us apart. Sometimes we kind of crash against it, but. The beauty of Jesus is he pro he came down into this world to enter into our broken wreck. And yeah. he came not to condemn us, but to save us and to be with us in that confusion, in that struggle. He came into yeah. our human experience. He wasn't yeah. on the sidelines, you know. And, and that's a th the difference between Christianity and all the other religions is the other religions give you advice. And a path, yeah. Kind of a path to walk and, and it's kind of the coach on the sidelines. Yeah. Saying, Do this, don't do this, try this you know, and, and, and Jesus actually puts the pads on and gets in the game. Right. He's with their he's in it with us. I know? think and just thinking about this explicitly, you know, like Jesus became a male. Uh he he went through the the gen he went through puberty. Yeah. <laughs> He went through all those difficulties and he understands the, the tensions and he understands the temptations mm -hmm. and you're not alone in this. Um, and so, yeah. and the Bible says that anyone who believes in him has the status, the right to become a child of God. Yeah. So he, there's no one who is, who has broken their own bodies or been confused or uh, struggled to such a degree that the grace of God is not for them. It is for them. 
Yeah, and one of the beautiful things too is is that God actually gives us an identity in Christ that c- kind of transcends our gender. Mm-hmm. Our gender is important. It it plays a role in everything, in mm-hmm. in what we do in daily life. I mean, it's part of our callings, uh, how we live as a neighbor to other people. Um, so it's an important part of who we are, but it's not actually the most important thing about who we are because the most important thing is to be in Christ. And Paul says in Galatians three twenty seven through 28, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, some people would go too far with this, and they mm-hmm. would say, you know, male and female doesn't matter. To uh, God, right. It does matter, but it's not the most important aspect. Like, yeah. you don't get closer to God because you're male or female. And mm-hmm. God is not a respecter of persons. And so... And um, m- by meaning, you mean he doesn't look at our outward characteristics or where we grew up or if we're status, slave or free. Yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Our, how Color much of money, our skin... Nations that, we belong to. Yeah. None of that factors into or salvation. Or male or female. Yeah. yeah it, it, salvation means that we are now in Christ. And right. in Christ is the very core of who we are. It's the most important part of our identity. And I just see so many young people who are really craving an identity. They're, they're longing for something that will set them apart as unique. And sometimes that's going to be a hobby, but... Sometimes it's going to be social status, but more and more I think that for young people that identity is often my my gender expression. Yeah, you're you're ne- no one is ever going to be saved by their gender identity. Nope. Uh, or any interventions in to make that gender identity match how they feel, mm-hmm. but you will be saved by the identity of Christ, which is clothed onto you in baptism and through the mighty working of God. All right, good. So. We have hope in Christ. He comes, he makes all things new. Uh, and we proclaim that uh, we're new in Christ to all people while um, l- trying to live out the hope of our callings in him. So I think another part, so that empathy, truth, grace, um, and then I think we want to live in hope. The future. Yeah, yeah, future. Yeah, future hope. Yeah. So this is good news, even for people who maybe have um, done hormone therapy or have transitioned, and maybe their bodies are damaged to the point where they they won't be the same. Uh, The beautiful news of the gospel says that the same God who raised Jesus from the dead, if the Holy Spirit dwells in you, that same God will raise you from the dead in your body. Yeah. So even if you've lost right? All of your bodily integrity in this life. Um, and Christianity is not going to just magically make that come back, even though you might experience significant healing, body and soul and mind. But there is a day when you will be given uh, perfected, glorified flesh, the same kind that Jesus has, and you will no longer have these internal struggles or damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Paul talks about this in Romans 8 as the, the redemption of our bodies. He says, in this hope we were saved. And all of us, mm. all of us need the redemption of our bodies. And whether it be sickness or even those things our bodies desire that they ought not, um, whether it be overeating or a, a sexual addiction or maybe it's like a 
alcoholism or, or something like that kind of mm. deeply rooted even in our physiology you know mm-hmm. um we long for the redemption of our bodies on so many dif- different levels let's kind of transition now um i think a final word is struggle okay and i um i think that last word is important because we need to recognize the christian church as a community of struggle like you know and 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 i wonder if maybe that's going to be what the church is more and more in the future Mm -hmm. it's not this place where you come and put yourself together put your sunday best on and pretend you know we've talked about hypocrisy lately in sermons yeah yeah we pretend we hide but you know the church is actually a place where where we we struggle together and and really when there's that kind of vulnerability where we're able to put our guard down and admit the struggle then that really binds us together as the communion of the saints mm. that we're not actually bound together by our virtues right so to speak we're bound together by our corporate struggle and our corporate need for Christ and i yeah. think that that is just an incredibly important message to anybody struggling which is all of us but in particular to those who are struggling with gender dysphoria or who have maybe taken steps and walked that path i mean you're not beyond hope like i mean um there's a place for you in the church right and i think that's important to recognize yeah and i so yeah i think there's a word to people who are struggling it's like the holy spirit is here and um, there are people who love you here. There really are. Um, Pastor John and I, we love you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're going to do what we can to, to make you, to come alongside you, to come yep. alongside you. And I, I think there's maybe just a prayer to God that he would, again, make us a people that have the spiritual maturity to come alongside those who struggle mm-hmm. and, and be a community that's going to embrace with empathy uh, you know, with empathy, with truth, with grace, and with the struggle, and not um, have kind of a stereotypical rejection or awkwardness. Of, of well, people who struggle and I way. think about what Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, which has just become one of my favorite passages mm-hmm. of scripture lately, because it just makes so much. Actually, it makes no sense according to the world's way, but according to Christ, it makes perfect sense. Where Paul says that he will boast about his weaknesses. He even talks about having this mysterious thorn in the flesh. And we don't know if that was a bodily ailment, a spiritual temptation, a physical temptation. Um, Maybe it's just that a lot of people were giving Paul a hard time, but he says he has a thorn in the flesh. And, And, And he says it was even given to him in order to create humility Hmm. and dependence on Christ. And I think we can all locate our own thorns, but the goal of those thorns is not to embrace them and call them good, not to ignore them, but to be led into a deeper dependence upon Christ so that we can say with Paul, when I am weak, I'm strong. Yeah. And I think that's important for this topic. Um, Yeah. We're, We're, as a community, we got our eyes fixed on the future hope which is to eventually be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ in our unique humanity. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And we pray that the, that hope, you know, would shine through us even in our weaknesses as we yeah. rely on God's grace. I'm going to 
close here with some book recommendations because this topic, like honestly, we wanted to do this podcast like earlier in the summer, but we just wanted to do a lot of research. We just wanted to be deeply read on this. And so I've listened to a number of books and you've yep. read a number, Pastor Tim, articles, research. Uh, because you don't want to shoot from the hip on something as weighty and, and painful as this. And, and so uh, just from our own study, we have some book recommendations. The first is a very brief one. It's yep. a tiny little yellow book written by Vaughn Roberts. He's from England. That's where all the good books come from. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, and it's just called Transgender. Yeah. And you can pick this up online probably for like five bucks and super simple you could read it within maybe a couple hours yeah it does a good job it's a good introductory but it's not too thin mm -hmm. it's going to tell you some new information and it really has empathy to it it yeah. recognizes the reality of the struggle and then it helps us understand that struggle within the bigger picture of what god is doing in christ yeah the second one is by an author his name is preston sprinkle love that name sprinkle sprinkle but uh he actually has been one of the one of the guys on the forefront of this i would say he has a phd and he talks a lot about faith and sexuality and he does a good job i've i've gained more and more respect for him but he has a book mm -hmm. called embodied yeah and i think he's done a, a good job of really if that's a little bit more in depth um but really does a good job of um discussing it fairly and honestly yeah he did this also on the topic of homosexuality with the book people to be loved mm -hmm. and there's a book for teenagers called living in a gray world um there another book if if this is not a christian book by the way so i'm just gonna throw that out there i think she's actually jewish uh but um so um why is my mind blanking right now? The name Abigail Schreier. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, she is a journalist and she wrote a book called, uh, called Irreversible Damage. And it's specifically about uh, transgenderism and the increase of transgenderism among young females. Okay. And especially if you've got a young girl, maybe pre-adolescent, adolescent. This would be a really good book to read because it's going to help you understand what's going on in the wider culture, some of the policies, some of the, the ways this is being talked about, and also perhaps the influence of social media mm -hmm. as well. So, Man, m much more study and, and research to be, to be done on this. Um, yeah. How about we close in prayer? Go for it. All right. Uh, Heavenly Father, you created us, uh, male and fa female, you made us embodied creatures, and uh, we ask, Lord, that you would give us grace so that we might um, give you honor with our bodies in whatever we might do um, and reflect your glory into this world. We, we pray, Lord, for anyone who struggles in this way, and we ask that the grace of Jesus would be evident to them. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, show them the truth gently and then uh, just, just show them the grace that you have provided through uh, the body of your son, Jesus Christ. And we ask, Lord, that in all things, uh, your church would be a place where sinners are welcome uh, to struggle. And so make us into that. Uh, make us a holy people. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.